0: Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a new conversation I had with John Acuff. He's been on the show many times. He's been on the show actually for most of his books. He's the author of Quitter, Start, Do Over, and Finish, which is what we talked about last time. He's here to talk about his brand new book, Soundtracks, The Surprising Solution to Overthinking. And I'll just come right out and say it. I love this book. In fact, I think it's probably my favorite book of his. And as you'll get from this conversation, this book is all about thinking. It's about what you think. It's about how you think. It's about those repetitive thoughts that play over and over in your mind, your soundtrack, the soundscape of your mind. And it's about worry. It's about doubt. It's about spinning those thoughts, though, into the opposite of themselves and becoming the DJ of those soundtracks in your mind. This isn't just about the power of positive thinking. This isn't just about positive thinking in and of itself. But if we can take that musical metaphor for just a moment, you know how it is when you hear one of your favorite songs and what that can do to your mood and your thoughts and your motivation and your momentum and the direction of of your actions and your thoughts and your feelings. Now take all of that and wrap that up into not just accepting the unintentional thoughts that come up in your mind, but actually having control and intentional planning and directing of your thoughts and using those to get you where you want to go. If that's at all interesting to you, like it is to me, then you're going to love this conversation with John Acuff. Well, this week is my privilege to welcome back to the show. It's been a long time coming. John Acuff, welcome back.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me again, Eric. How long has it been since I was on the show?
0: So I was looking and it was 2017 with the last book. and So four
1: years. Yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah. But I did re-release that episode just because I thought, hey, that's a timely episode at some point. That the helps pandemic, me too. Totally. Know, right. Yeah. Totally. But I was realizing that I think for every single one of your books, minus the very first one, you've been on the show to talk about it.
1: That's crazy, isn't that? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so kind of you to do that, man. I know a lot yeah. of times it's like you have the guests on once and you're like, we'll see you in nine years. So I appreciate <laughs> you letting me be a repeat. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So what's cool this time around though, is that, um, one, this book soundtracks really resonates with me, but I can also kind of see the DNA of what's in this book throughout all the other things that you've been doing publicly with speaking, with social media posts, with the other books. Disclaimer, like I followed you the last few years, like in more of a lurker status, just because I've been doing other things and trying to, you know, have more of a healthy boundary with social media, use it for what it's sure. good for and stay off at some of the time. And, but I did vote for uh, the cover work, the, the cover art ideas uh, when you pushed that out. And, nice. and yeah. So, so immediately I saw the soundtracks uh, title and I knew it was going to immediately resume, uh, resume, resume? No, resonate uh, with me because, quick example from my life, back when I was in college, early college, I took a semester off to work in a warehouse. And that summer and fall before going back to school again. And, and one of the things I found out back then was that uh, music, and especially music and headphones, um, changes the perception of time hmm. When, and, and especially when it comes to productivity. And so one of the things that I noticed was, you know, I didn't know it yet at that time, but that music has this power in terms of emotional thinking, as well as rational thinking. And, and those things are tied together in ways that we don't even really understand. In other words, playing music would na- make things, t- time pass faster. It would improve my mood. But then in, mm-hmm. because of improving my mood, I could make it through a work day that was tough. I would stop thinking about not being back at college with my friends, being stuck in like a warehouse job, doing mm-hmm. something and, you know, suffering in silence or whatever. Instead, I was just doing a, j- a, j- a day job for an honest day's work, putting in nope. good work, work ethic, enjoying being present in the moment. And I was enjoying the enjoying of that. So, so when this title soundtracks came up and the tie between music and thinking came out, it resonated really deeply with me.
1: Oh, that's go. awesome! It's it's fun to it's fun to hear a real life example and one that's you know fifteen twenty years ago. So that's that's great to hear. You still think about that. You still recognize. Oh, wait, that's that's helpful to me to choose my soundtracks. I I love that example.
0: Yeah. So so yeah, when that title came up, um, it didn't surprise me even because you even talk about it like a a superpower that you've been sitting on for years throughout you know the quitter and start and do over yep. and finish days that. And I even noticed it when I would look and see what the questions were that you were asking on social media and how those were spinning kind of those. Well, one, you were doing like, um, what's what's the thing where they test
1: out products on people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was product testing. I mean, it was uh, research. It was like a focus group. I was doing like a focus group going, hey. And yeah, that's the I've got such generous readers that when I'll say on Facebook, hey, have you ever here's the thing I'm thinking, what's your thought on it? they'll go, oh, here's how I live that out. And, and it's always an amazing example. And so I'll go, oh, wait a second. So a lot of times, some of the stories from the book came from somebody saying, I tried that in my own life five years ago, and here's what worked. And then I'll call them and I'll interview them and I'll go, why did it work? How did it work? And it cr- creates this really fun example. So the book, I think one of my favorite things about soundtracks is we wanted to give everyone whose story was in the book a free copy of the book as a you know thanks for being part of it. And we had thirty-five people on that list, and that meant that it was a really wide conversation. That if you're a stay-at-home mom, you shouldn't have to try to identify with my story. We have different stories. If you're, you know, a college student, I'm forty-five, like I see the world differently. But you can see somebody else's story in there and identify with that. And I think that makes it a much, a much wider conversation.
0: Yeah, that's one of the other things I noticed was it was more of a communal book. And I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, this is not the first book you've come out that had heavy research in it. It's the um, second
1: one. I mean, yeah. I, it's the second of seven books, so it has been an evolution of. Okay, how do I test these ideas before they hit a piece of paper? Like, how do I make sure that they're as helpful and as lean and as nothing's in the way? They've got as many handles on them. So, yeah, I, that's been a fun part of the process. And I, you know, I can't, I can't thank Mike Peasley. Uh, Who's this PhD researcher? Enough. He he helps me really craft a lot of these ideas and test them um, before they hit a book. And it's just been a blast. That working relationship's been such a gift to me.
0: Yeah, and, and it's evident in in not only the writing but also just the the crafting of it as a complete package a, as a book. And and in fact, I think we've not even mentioned that it's it's called soundtracks. But then the the the, the not the sidebar the you know the the secondary subtitle. title the subtitle is the surprising solution to overthinking. And what's funny is it's it's not to stop thinking. That's not the solution. It's yeah. it's to rewire your thinking or in terms of like what I say is powerful um, is, is because it's tied into music that we all hear these noises in our head and it's about rewiring it or as you put it, being a DJ.
1: My definition of overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you want. So you have a thing you want and what you think gets in the way of it. Um so my definition of a soundtrack is just a repetitive thought that you often hear Sometimes it's automatic. And I've heard people say a thought is like a, a leaf on a river or cloud in the sky, car on the highway. For me, it's a, it's a soundtrack because as you said at the beginning, you know, listening to that music changed that warehouse moment. It changed how time passed. And that's true of soundtracks. Like when you see a movie scene and it's a, you know, a beautiful house and there's kids frolicking and it's a peaceful day. And then they play an ominous soundtrack. You suddenly start to look for a creepy clown in the sewer. If they play a Vanessa Carlton song, a thousand miles, it's suddenly a rom-com and somebody's making their way downtown so the the music you listen to can change a scene and the thoughts you listen to can change your life and so that's what was really fun i wasn't you know a lot of books that i researched did say stop it stop it stop it but as an overthinker myself one i think that's impossible um, and two, why would I ever turn off this machine? I'm really good at thinking, what if I fed it with good thoughts that pushed me forward, not thoughts that pulled me back? And that became kind of my counterintuitive approach to overthinking is, what if you could, through a, a set of simple actions, turn it from a super problem into a superpower? Can you imagine having overthinking on your side? That became the question that launched this experiment.
0: It's almost like parenting yourself. We we both have teenage daughters and you know uh. one of the experiences I think we can both relate to here is is that when it comes to kids telling them to stop doing something doesn't ever really get them to stop doing it or understand the why behind the stopping. But Mm -hmm. if you can get, if you can ask the right question or interject or, or even draw them out to give some kind of subconscious reason, you can kind of turn their course pivot by degrees because you get them off that course that they were on. They're now aimed more towards something they want to be, you know, yeah,
1: that's a, that's a great way to say it. Kind of reframing it. Um, And you, you know, if, if you learn it yourself, you learn it a lot longer. It's, you know, it's the whole, like, give a man a fish kind of teach a man a fish kind of thing, where if you figure it out, that's why, you know, I say you are the best DJ, like you're the best DJ of your thoughts. So like, let's work on this together. I'm going to give you the tools. And then you go in and say, okay, yeah, here's a broken soundtrack that I need to get rid of, or here's a new one that fits my life. Um, I gave an example, there was a, um, a family Lachelle, um, Hansen and her husband, they want to write a book. And she said that every time they get rejected, they take that rejection, they put a sticker on it that says, good job, like a sticker you'd get in the second grade, a bright, you know, sunburst sticker. And then they put it in a binder full of rejection letters and they put it on their shelf because they know someday they're going to put one of their books there. For me, that would be discouraging. Like seeing the rejections and seeing them, especially like feeling like them pile up, that wouldn't motivate me, but it motivates them. So that's where you go, okay, I think most advice is like that, where you go, Here's the core set and here's how I tweak it based on who I am. Um, for some people, that's super motivational. For me, that would be, you know, I, if I read one star reviews, I don't get fired up and excited to keep going. I get discouraged. And so I really think you have to kind of pick and choose which things you want to do and how you want to do them in your own life.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and the key here is, I mean, again, especially with being a DJ, you want to kind of create this groove that moves you more towards what you're wanting and and, and, de- and unravels, those things that are that are keeping you from it, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I, I know we we could go on and on about this, but I'd love for us to maybe call out some of examples what are some of those most common loops that people get stuck in?
1: yeah, so I mean, a really simple one is i'm too young, or I'm too old, so I'm too young, I don't have enough experience who am I to write a book about finances? I'm only 26. Like I'm too young. I'm too young. I'm too young. And then you hit like your mid thirties and it changes. So you're too old. You missed your window. Like nobody wants to hear from a late 30 year old. Like you're, you're too old. And so you want to say, when was I the right age? Like, when was I, you know, the perfect, like, was there a Tuesday when I was 31 and it was, I had an hour like, and so those are two really common ones. Um, a common one with writing a book is someone's already written the book I want to write someone smarter, someone more talented, someone with a bigger platform. Um, That's another common one. Um, Money, like we're around money. People have soundtracks where it's, you know, success is bad. Um, I grew up, I didn't grow up with a lot. My parents still have a lot. I, I, if I have more than them, I'm somehow bad. And so there's all these sound broken soundtracks around money. I really say, if you want to figure out if you have a broken soundtrack, the easiest, fastest way is write down something you want to do. Like write down, I want to launch a podcast. I want to write a book. I want to get married. Like I want to have kids. Uh, you know, I want to move to another state, want, whatever, write a desire, small, big, medium. Doesn't matter. If you can't even write the desire, that's its own thing to unpack, but write it down and then listen to your first thoughts. Like what is your reaction? And the the, the way I say it is every reaction is an education. And if you listen to that reaction, I guarantee you're going to go, wait a second. Why? Why am I telling myself that? That's not, that's not what I want to tell myself. So then you take that and you send it through three questions. Um, And they're Trojan horse questions. When you hear them, you're like, those are the simplest thing in the world. Those, those words are so simple, but if you'll actually sit with it, it'll reveal some truth that you're not, you're not expecting. So the first question is, is it true? Is this thing I'm telling myself true? And it, it might be. Like, let's take podcasting because we're on a podcast. You might want to start a podcast and you, you're telling yourself, I don't know how to podcast. I don't know how to podcast. That might be true. But the second question you ask is, is it helpful? The more you listen to that, does it move you forward or pull you back? So the more you listen to, I don't know how to do a podcast. Does that get you excited to research or does it keep you stuck? Like it keeps you paused. And the third question is, is it kind? if I said it to a friend would they still want to be my friend and back to that podcast example, I was on a podcast the other day and the host in the middle of it said, Oh no. And I said, what? And he said, well, I've had the number one podcast in my category for the last nine months. And the voice I keep hearing is you're just lucky. You're just lucky. You're just lucky. You're just lucky. He's like, that's my soundtrack. And he said, if a friend came over and they'd spent nine months really working hard on something, would I ever say to them, you're just lucky. You're just lucky. And of course he wouldn't. So he said, why am I saying that to myself? So I guarantee if you ask those three questions, you're going to surface some things that you go, wait a second, I shouldn't listen to these. I'm not going to listen to these. I'm going to retire this and listen to something different.
0: It's funny how we allow ourselves to have those unkind thoughts about ourselves or to ourselves or at ourselves, depending upon you know how you look at it, how you think about sure. it. It's like you said earlier, why would I want to shut off my thinking? It's like a muscle, but it's it's better to um unsabotage you know we're self in other words we're self sabotaging yeah. if we don't change the loop this is this is unsabotaging you know yeah, it's it's, it becomes
1: self help it become i mean like yeah. it you or it becomes self care whatever phrase you want to use you know it it'd be like you know for me i look at it and go but it it might be my best machine why would i like and like one, I can't do it. So anytime I've tried to stop thinking, it never lasts. Like maybe I have 10 minutes of quiet meditation, maybe I have an hour or whatever, but I'm still thinking I'm a thinking machine. Um, so I really do believe the voice that told you you can't write a book, you can't write a book, you can't write a book, can be turned to say you can write a book. You should write a book. You must write a book. You've got to write a book. You're full of a book. You've got to share the book. Like You can actually believe that and you can take some steps to make that true. Um, And that's what was so fascinating. I didn't want to study positive thinking. I didn't want to study that topic, but I kept running into really successful people. And if you get them off camera, if you get them off mic and go, Hey, what do you think about positive thinking? They'd go, Oh, well, I got this pep talk I give myself every afternoon, or I got this mantra I say, or I got this set of declarations or affirmations, whatever word you wanted to use, and self-talk and positive thinking was such a big part of their long-term sustained success that it was one of those where, okay, I've got to figure this out for my own life. I've got to study this and see how other people are doing it.
0: Well, it's because everybody's thinking. Everybody, you know, regardless of if they, it's like that whole, well, oh, I'm not a writer. No, you do right that you communicate, you do yeah. those things, right? Well, well I'm not we a all- public
1: speaker. Like right. you're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. Exactly. Like you're Eric is a public speaker right this second.
0: Yeah. And, and so by saying that I'm not that thing, I then become less leaning into the strength of being able to actually do that thing. And so mm-hmm. you, you can't turn off the thinking. It's like ADHD. It's like a lot of people mm-hmm. see that as uh, a weakness and even people with that, which I am one of say that that is a weakness or can get into that trap. But then if we go around to it and look at it as a superpower, because one of the things that's attached to ADHD is, oh, you can't focus. No, it's Mm -hmm. that I can focus. It's that I can focus better than regular people on Mm -hmm. the wrong thing. If I'm not training myself to focus on the right things.
1: And then when I focus on that right thing, I'm unbelievable. Like I'm unstoppable on that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: So it's like, it's like, um, it's like reprogramming muscle memory in our brain and our, in our thinking.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be the same thing. Like if you, if you ever fell down a bunch and you were like, I'm just going to stop walking. Like maybe the solution is to stop walking. You're like, no, like you can learn to be a runner, like learn to like you can learn how to be a re- like be really great at walking. You would never go, well, I fell down 10 times, must be my legs. So I'll just stop using legs. You'd be like, do we, what? That'd be crazy. And so, yeah, I think there's, that's where I think it's, I think it's one of the most unused misunderstood superpowers in the entire world. And I think that's, what's so fun about people who read the book. They go, Oh one, I didn't know I had the permission to do this. Like two, I didn't know it was as simple three. I didn't know how powerful it could really be.
0: Well, it's because how often do we really take a moment, you know, and become self-aware and, and pay attention to what it is we're thinking. I mean, we're, we're having all these thoughts. And we're going along with that narrative that we are telling ourselves this whole time, but how often are we not actually choosing those thoughts? We're just letting the thoughts that are there bubble up to the surface and accepting them as true.
1: Yeah. I say, I I say in the book, one of the worst mistakes you can make is believing everything you think. Um, And it's really, it's a really common mistake to go, well, it's in my head. So it must be true. Even though your thoughts have told you untrue things constantly, like, you, you know, I always say like an assign you're overthinking is when you write an elaborate story about why somebody didn't text you back. Um, like maybe they're mad. Was I not light and breezy enough in the text? Did I say something wrong? Could they have misinterpreted that? And it, you, you know, it could be they're busy. Like one of my soundtracks is assume they're busy because when I don't text somebody back, it's. 99 times out of 100, it's not because I'm like, I hate that person. Like 99 times out of 100, it's like I was about to, and then somebody walked in the room, and then something got busy. And then, like, I looked up, and it was two weeks later. It had nothing to do with me being mad. So, if I'll give myself the gift of being busy, I'm going to give somebody else the gift of being busy. So, a soundtrack I use is assume they're busy. Like, just assume they're busy, not assume they're angry. You know, because your thoughts will tell you, like, this person must be furious. And you, and then you spend 10 minutes, even if it's 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes you won't get back trying to assess and predict why they didn't respond, which doesn't move you forward at all.
0: It's like stopping the bad habits and replacing them with the good habits, but in terms of your mm-hmm. thought life. And mm-hmm. the problem there is, is that there's different th- Fields and thoughts and perspectives on oh no you should just start all new good habits and those will eventually wash the old ones away but I think that there's still some merit and especially in the way that you do it is you do the homework you you let the current thoughts be dealt with and in fact you flip them
1: the flip example that I put in the book I just realized one day I was being a terrible boss to myself just the worst boss like so demanding workaholic like when something good would happen, I wouldn't stop to celebrate it. would be like, it could have been bigger, like just grinding. And I, and I just thought like, this guy sucks. Like if this was a real boss, I would quit this job as fast as I could. And then I, instead, you know, I kind of sat with that. I kind of processed it, but then I was like, let me flip that over. Like, what would the best boss do? Because I've had good bosses. Like I have, uh, you know, I've been, I've worked since 98. And so it's what, 23 years, 24, 20 years. Uh, no, it's 23, Yeah, 23 years. Um, I can easily say, Oh, when my boss, you know, Patricia did this, this was really helpful. This was really kind. So why don't I try to do more of that? Like, why don't I train? Like, why don't I say, why don't I write a soundtrack that says I'm the CEO of me? Cause I believe that about every employee. Like, even if you work at a big company, you're the CEO of you. And if you thought of it that way, it would change how you, how you behave at the office. And I'm the best boss. I'm going to be the best boss. So I'm going to work on that as a soundtrack. And I'm going to tie that. The big thing is you tie your thoughts, like new thoughts, turn into new actions, turn into new results. That's always how it goes. And so it's not just about the thought. It's about, okay, well, how do I live that out? How do I execute that? How do I put that into practice? And then what results do I get when I do? And that's where it becomes super fun because I do think that can change your life. New thoughts turn into new actions, turn into new results. That's where the life change happens.
0: slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, when we start to dig into the the productivity aspects of this, where people are like, well, well, how does this tie in? Well, I mean, this is, for the most part, when you're listening to those voices without changing them, without directing them without substituting them or aiming them in the right way. It's fear talking. And Mm -hmm. that is going to rob you of time and creativity. Although you're being creative with those things you're telling yourself, it's just, it's not productive. creativity, Exactly. Yeah. And so then you're not hitting those goals that you want to hit. And so this Mm -hmm. is like, again, it's, it's, it's almost like you've got this superpower that's always holding you down. And if you could just change the polarity of the magnet, you know, yeah,
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I think it's, I think it's one of the greatest productivity hacks in the, in the world. Because I mean, even if you think, you know, I've talked to people that'll say, yeah, I got fired at a job 12 years ago. And now whenever there's a meeting I'm not involved in, I think I'm about to be fired. So let's say that person only spends five, like they only see one meeting a day that they're not invited to, five minutes a day five minutes a day over, you know, 52 weeks, over 12 years, like that's real time. And think about, again, think about all the time you've donated the creativity you've donated to thinking something that wasn't true, that wasn't helpful, that wasn't kind versus going, okay, I don't know how to do a podcast yet. Like even the word yet changes that soundtrack. I don't know how to do a podcast yet. Because what happens is broken soundtracks tend to deteriorate. They never lean toward good. Nobody goes, yeah, I didn't work on my thinking, but all of a sudden I looked up and I was thinking really positive, helpful thoughts that moved me forward. That's not how your brain works. It's just not like your brain. Like I say in the book, your brain's kind of a jerk. It does three things that are super jerk. You want it distorts distort your memory. So up to 60% your memory changes. So you don't remember things correctly Two, It confuses fake trauma with real trauma. Even when it's fake, your body reacts like it's real and releases opioids. And the third is you have cognitive bias. So you, you're tempted to believe the thing you already believe. And you look for examples of, okay, see, that's true. So if you tell yourself, I don't know how to do a podcast, that deteriorates into, um, I'll never know how to do a podcast to, I can't do a podcast. So like what was true-ish turned into something terrible, where if you said, I don't know how to do a podcast yet the addition of one word changes that whole soundtrack because it goes, but I'm going to figure it out, but I know I can do it. But like people do it every day, like, but there's resources online. Like, okay, now I can engage in that. And that's where, again, I think life gets really fun when you change that one thing, because if overthinking steals time, creativity, and productivity, guess what you get back when you deal with it, time, creativity, and productivity, and not just a little, but like buckets and buckets and buckets. Cause there's so many thoughts in the way
0: because I've lived so much of what is being talked about in this book and relating it back to music and ambience in a room. It's like you walk into every situation you're thinking of guy, you know, guy who, uh, Oh, I've not been invited to that meeting. And then spi- the thoughts just spiral. It's oh, like, yeah. it's like you're walking into every scenario or person that didn't text you back. It's like, you're walking into every scenario, assuming the worst. And you're hearing this one song and nobody else hears that song.
1: No, it's just no. you. And it changes how you behave, the questions you ask. I mean, my version of that is I've been like, I've had business situations go sideways. I've been taken advantage of in business situations and had things turn out poorly. So it's so easy for me to listen to a soundtrack of the next person's going to take advantage of you. That you like, or be careful, watch out. Remember, it's all everybody's a snake, like all these negative things. So I walk into the next business meeting with like my hands like clenched tightly. Like, I gotta watch out. I gotta see where the traps are versus going, let's go find out how this is gonna turn out. Like, let's be open handed. Let's see where this can lead. Let's partner on something. Let's grow something versus going, where are they trying to screw me? And you enter that room, like, where are they trying to screw me versus I can't wait to see what we do together. Those are two, and you think it's not changing how you're behaving, it's a hundred percent changing how you're behaving. And so that's one for me that like I have a soundtrack on my wall that says people are trying to give me money. Like that's what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to give me money. Because if I go into a business situation with that, my attitude, my actions, but the results are different. If I go in with they're trying to take advantage of you just like last time, boy, like I go in grumpy and defensive and ask questions that you can tell I'm like, well, I'm trying to smoke this out. Like, I know you're going to try to screw me. Completely different situation.
0: I I love that, though, that people are trying to give you money, that it's like this, you know, hey, if we're going to go with an assumption, let's go with the assumption that's going to actually, you know, propel something forward versus.
1: Well, and that's usually why they're meeting with me. Like They're not they're, they're not meeting with me to take my money most of the time. Like, they're meeting with me like, Hey, let's create something together and make money together. Like we'd like to, and like, Oh, that's amazing. I, that one, like, I just would say that for years, whenever I had a bad experience at a restaurant and a waiter or waitress seemed put out that I was there and was like annoyed that I came to order food. I wanted to be like, I'm just trying to give you money. Like, I want to give you a dope tip. Like I like, I don't like, that's why I'm here. Like the door wasn't locked. I didn't break in. Like I'm not in your house. Like this is a restaurant where they serve, like the relationship is clear. I'm just want to give you money and you're making it really difficult. So I don't want to go into a meeting, making it really difficult for someone to want to give me money. Like instead I'm going to remind myself, Oh, all these people in here want to give me money. Like, yeah, let's, let's do, I'd like that. Let's do that. Let me perform in a way that makes them want to give me even more money. Let's go.
0: So if somebody is kind of vibing on what we're saying here, they're identifying, they're feeling like, okay, I can get on board with this. What is some way that you can start the process here? Obviously pe- people need to buy the book and read it because it's amazing. And, I, and I Yeah, fully, I think in I, bulk, I fully endorse they can it.
1: buy it in bulk. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. the first, the first step is, or, you know, yeah, wheelbarrow full. Definitely. Yes.
0: yes. But aside from that, what are some of the ways that they can get started and instead of waiting, you know, for thoughts to show up, in other words, priming their pump so they can create the right ones to show up.
1: Well, the easiest way, in my opinion, because like it's so intimidating to sit down with a blank piece of paper. Like it's so intimidating to go like, Hey, here's a, here's a blank piece of paper. So what I always tell people, like, I don't, I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in idea bankruptcy. Like I never sit down to a blank piece of paper without bringing some ideas. So, it's the same with soundtracks. So, the first thing I'd say is like borrow somebody else's. Like, you're surrounded by great soundtracks. You don't have to go into some lab and create your own. Like, just listen, just pay attention. I mean, I uh, had lunch um, with a woman named Patsy Claremont. I put this story in the book, and she's a super successful writer. She's probably early 70s now. And she said that when she wrote her first book um, and she got the edits, they were covered with red, just red ink everywhere. And she felt like the page was dying and it was overwhelming. So she asked the editor, Hey, the next time we use a different color. And so the next time the edits came back, they were covered with green ink. And she said, instead of dying, it felt like the page was growing. And so what I heard in that moment is what if I viewed feedback as an invitation to growth, not an attack, like that would a hundred percent change my perception And how I actually receive feedback so that I just listened. And so like, it's not that I'm trying to get a soundtrack from every conversation, but there's soundtracks all around me. And it could be as simple simple as like, just do it is inspiring to me. Or, you know, this influencer said this online that was interesting to me or Patsy Claremont said something. So the first thing I tell people to do is always like borrow someone else's soundtrack. And, you know, I'll make it easy. I just did a podcast just the other day about three health soundtracks, like three specific soundtracks you can use for health goals. Because a lot of people are like, I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape. And so, yeah, go listen to my podcast. It's called All It Takes is a Goal. And I guarantee that one of those three soundtracks, you'll go, oh, that's going to help me. I, the sneak peek one is I'll feel awesome after. People over on the beginning of the goal and they get overwhelmed and stuck. So you don't focus on that. I dream about the end and hyper color and Technicolor. And I dream about the beginning in black and white. Like I'll feel awesome after. So I imagine the after to get me through the beginning. And so, yeah, so go borrow other soundtracks. You don't have to sit down and go, okay, most people, what I learned in the research, if I said, do you overthink? They'd go, yes. And I go, what do you overthink? And they might be able to answer that. But then if I said, if you could think like thoughts that were good if you could think thoughts that were new or fresh or helpful what would you think they would draw a blank because it's a it's an intimidating question but if you would say okay i can gather these i can listen i can pay attention then you can start to see oh that i do have some of these around me or i i might even have some that i use that our family jokes around like they're they're all around so the first thing i'd say is borrow some from from people
0: that's like uh I don't know what is gonna work for me, but I do I do have an inkling of what's worked for me by watching somebody else. In other words, playing the Rocky soundtrack, you know, suddenly yep. pumps me up. Well, I can create a whole soundtrack based on that as my starting song. Right? Totally,
1: totally. Well, I mean, the same with like a friend of mine, Sean, the other day said we were talking, he said, Yeah, you don't get um he said you can either have control or growth, you get one or the other, control or growth. I wrote down control or growth in my notebook. Because when I feel out of control in the midst of growth, it's easy for me to go, I'm failing. But when you go, no, 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 you can stay this size and have this amount of control and have every detail perfect. But if you want growth, if you want to do new things and get things to new levels, you got to give up some of that control. That was helpful to me. And so I listened to that, I wrote it down. And every time I use it, I'll go, oh, my friend Sean said this the other day, this was really encouraging. So yeah, I think some of it is just learning how to pay attention. Because I think in, in figuring out what moves you, like what you know, what about that moved me? What about that inspired me? And how do I make sure I actually remember it?
0: So somebody listening to this right now, they're probably thinking to themselves, well, that's okay for John to say, because he's written a bunch of books. He's got that backlog of like evidence that he can do the thing that he wants to do. But I actually want to call something out here real quick, is that your current podcast, since you mentioned it, and you used podcasting as an example a couple of times here, isn't your first one.
1: Moon no, first a previous one failed.
0: podcast and, yeah. you know, for all intents and purposes, first one bombed. It, yeah, it just didn't catch on. I'm curious, what was the soundtrack for you between that podcast to this one?
1: Well, I mean, I would say the soundtrack that that made that one difficult was like, the results should be faster. So, like that, you know, mm. I think that 's a broken soundtrack that that ruins a lot of new things. The results should be bigger, the results should be faster like um, and you read all these stories of people like, "I have ten million downloads, and it took me like an hour to get them and you like I think we often over celebrate the results, and we never discuss the sacrifices. So, I meet people at the a time they'll go that dude 's killing it online or she 's killing it online. she makes eighty thousand dollars from a private Facebook group, and you 're like, "Oh man, and they never say it's taken nine years of growth to get there or they work 90 hours a week strictly in that Facebook community and that, you know, whatever. And so I think one that helped it fail was the results should be faster. Um, I think another one was I shouldn't have to work this hard. Like that's just a soundtrack of laziness, like an entitlement. And the entitlement one was like, I'm John Acuff. I've written New York times with solar. People should just listen to my podcast because I have a podcast. Like, but I didn't work hard at it. I didn't respect the craft. Like, I, there were so many reasons that one should have failed and it did. So then between the two, the one I listened to that I think it's a lot of people is it's going to be complicated. Podcasts are really complicated. Like whenever you start something new, there's this great sense of like, it's going to be so complicated. I'll never figure it all out. There's so many moving pieces. The technology is so confusing. So that I think really, you know, froze me for a couple of years because there's a couple of year gap between them. Yeah. Um, and and so like for me going okay i'm going to do it again i want to do it again i'm nervous about doing it again but i'm but i'm going to do it and then you know to be honest with you when public speaking got put on pause i had to figure out other stuff so i don't want to i don't want to have this moment where i'm like but then i just got brave eric like that's not that's not 100% honest like the bigger fuller picture is I, You know, public speaking, 70% of my job. And then every live event got put on pause or moved. And I did a bunch of virtual, but like I had to go, okay, what am I going to build like in this window that's going to be helpful to share ideas? It's going to eventually generate revenue. Like I'm going to try the podcast. So I also had incentive.
0: Well, that actually goes back to the thing we were talking about earlier, where it was like, hey, this right here between the two of us and then everybody that's the audience that's listening in right now, this Mm -hmm. is public speaking. And so to not discount it or disqualify it as a method or a mode.
1: Yeah, totally. And so that, you know, I've loved it. I've loved podcasting. I mean, the thing you have to do when you start something new is not shame yourself for not starting it sooner. Like, that's so, that's, it's so wasteful. It's just useless. Like, so I had a friend say like, isn't it kind of late to start a podcast now? I mean, it's like 2021. And like, as if they're full, as if like iTunes, like Apple's like, sorry, we have enough. Um, But I get that. There's this sense of you've had a moment and you missed the moment or like, you know, people want to be the first on Clubhouse or be the biggest on Clubhouse right out of the gate versus going, but does it even fit my business? Like, does it, like, does it even, you know? And so for me, I think you should, like, when you start something new, don't beat yourself up for not starting it earlier. Be glad where you are, you know, build where you are. Um, the I flipped that question to like, what would have made this year easier? Like 2020 would have been easier if I had a robust podcast, just would have, I would have a different way to practice speeches and communicate and interact with people and maybe another form of revenue. Okay. I didn't have a podcast. So guess what? I'm going to have a year from now, a podcast. I'm going to go build that thing. So what would have made this year easier? And then go build that versus going, I should have by now. Cause that doesn't get me anywhere. What
0: about uh, for somebody, okay, so they've decided they want to start down through this process and they've started in on the borrowing from somebody else. What would you say is maybe the next step?
1: The next step, I mean, we talked about it is the flip. I think Mm -hmm. the flip is one of the fastest, easiest ways. I just tell people, like, think of it like a coin. Like, if you don't, you know. I didn't do this long vision quest about why am I a bad boss? And like, what does that mean about how often I hugged my dad when I was seven? Like, I was like, today sucks. I'm being a bad boss to myself. If I flip that over, what would the reverse look like? So if you told yourself, you know, I'm, I'm the worst mom. Okay. Well, if you if we actively learn to believe like you're a great mom, maybe not even best. Like you don't have to go to like, you're a great mom. Like what's evidence of that? what would a great mom do? Like, what are some things that would encourage you to do more of that? Like even just flipping it over. So I think you can borrow. um, Then I think you can flip. And then like, then I think you can remix. Like there's so many soundtracks in the book that you can say, Oh, I'll take that one and combine it with this one. Like I say, you know, the best definition of creativity in my mind is um, Dorothy Parker, who said creativity is a wild mind and a disciplined eye. And what she means by that is the wild mind is you fill your head with all these different topics. The disciplined eye is you see the connection between them in a fresh way. So it's the same thing. Like you remix it. So, you borrow, you flip, you remix. And, and as you do this, you're going to create some new ones. Like some, It's going to be impossible for you not to create some new ones. Um, and they can be really, really simple. They can be as simple as like I had somebody, we did a thing where it was like old soundtrack versus new. And this person said, my old soundtrack is I can't be a good dad because I didn't have a good dad. And like, that's a pretty common one in parenthood. Um, and what a toxic one. Cause it means like, because his dad wasn't good to him, he can't be good to his kids. And he flipped that and he changed that. And so like, that's the life changing power of that that dude's kids will have a different childhood because their dad learned to believe something new and flipped the soundtrack. And so that's where I say like, yeah, it can change a lot of things.
0: I, that's one of the ones for me that, uh, you know, I, I had a horrible dad and, you know, he's not around anymore. He's, he's been gone for a long time, but, uh, One of the things that kind of magically without, I mean, and again, this, you know, luckily it kind of happened unintentionally. And then Mm -hmm. I leaned into it and made it intentional was when I started to be a good dad, I was like, oh, I'm already a better dad than he ever was. And that would be like my my default safety kind of mode when I'd screw up and then I'd realize, okay, so now lean into that. You're already better. Now, how can we be even better than, than we are, you know? And, and that's yeah. still something I'm kind of working through, but like, you know, so all, all vulnerability and peeking yeah. behind the curtain aside, but that, like, that's where I'm at. And I was like, that's the power of it right there.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think, and again, your kids will have a different childhood and already mm-hmm. have a different childhood. Like you're not your dad, like it'd be impossible for you to be exactly your dad. Like, and so that's, that's the thing where when you can be intentional about it, you can really change your life
0: well and it really points to that this whole process of being a Dj is an ongoing process and I've and again I've oh, seen yeah. you doing this you know in the different work that you've put out and the in the different social posts I see and the way that you've you know revealed thoughts that you know and and struggles in in a safe context mm-hmm. online things like that I've seen you doing that and it's like man if it you know if if John's a quote expert in this then that means that it's never a stopping. There's never a stopping point. There's never an arrival point. We're always trying to come. We're always, we're always going to think up that new negative thought and then have to spin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, there's no off days for the negative thought like that's. I mean, the negative thought doesn't take an off season. So yeah, I think I look at that and I, you know, that'd be a broken soundtrack of, okay, I can finish this or should by now, like by now is a broken soundtrack. By now I shouldn't feel this way. By now I shouldn't versus going like I had Colleen Berry. She, I interviewed her for my podcast. She's in the first chapter of the book and she's just amazing. She lost her job. She's a documentary filmmaker, ended up being a receptionist for one of her many jobs and decided I'm going to change things with my mindset. And she's now the CEO of the company. She was a receptionist at like crazy story. But I remember she told me that some cars just pull more to the left and you have to overcorrect them, or some seasons pull more to the left, and you have to go. Oh, got to do some. And I loved that because it didn't. She didn't say no. That like you fix fix the steering wheel once and you're done. Like it is a practice. Like humanity is like that. Another one she said, and this is why I interviewed her was. She said it kind of reminds me like when somebody gets stuck, like they run into a roadblock with something they're working on. She goes, I try to get them to remember, like imagine you're in traffic. You got an appointment. You're headed to work. And the road is closed where you're going. You don't stay there. You don't just go, well, the road is closed. So I guess I live here now until this traffic project is finished six months. Okay. I guess I'm here. No, you go, I better find an alternate route. I better do something different. She says the same with, you know, when you run into a roadblock. So there's going to be days where you go, wow. Like I, I feel like I've got 10 soundtracks that are again, like I thought I read, like some soundtracks come back, like, you know, Jason and Halloween. And you have to be like, what? Like, you got blown up and stabbed and drowned. And like, you're still like, Hey, I don't think you're qualified to do a podcast. People are going to be like imposter syndrome. Like that's, a, that's one that's like, that'll come out of the grave a million times. So yeah, it is a practice. And I think the better, the better you get at it, the easier it is to recognize the broken soundtrack quickly. Like before it has time to kind of set up shop and go, ah, no, 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 no. no. We already, I kind of like imagine in my head, this picture of like, imagine somebody, Who's been retired from a company? Like they've been retired. They're the guy that's been there sixty years. They didn't want to retire, so you have this big ceremony. Give him a gold watch. They retire, and then like a week later, you look up and you're like, that janitor looks familiar, and he's like in a disguise, and he's like, I'm just here, just checking it, and you're like, no, dude, like you're retired, like go, like we took your badge. You don't get to come in anymore. He's like, Ugh. like that. There's some thoughts that are persistent like that, and you just get to work on them when
0: people are thinking about this overthinking thing, what do they overlook? What do they miss when it comes to this? Like what's the most surprising thing when it comes to overthinking?
1: Well, I think the most surprising thing and people have asked me that question, like what surprised you about the research? One was how many people do it. Um, We, we surveyed 10,000 people, 99.5% of people said they do it. So everybody does it. Everybody thinks they're the ones that does it. That's interesting. Um, And the third thing is I don't think people understand how negative they are. Like, I was surprised in the research process, even though I've worked on my overthinking for like 13 years at this point, I was surprised how many of my sentences ended with you idiot, like my punctuation. Like, so I think another great example of like an activity is just listen for your punctuation. Like what's, what are you saying? What's your punctuation to yourself? Is it good? Is it bad? And I think a lot of people were like, oh, I had no idea how bad my punctuation was.
0: And that makes me think of the, Chris Farley show on SNL where he's interviewing famous guests. And he oh, is yeah. like so, to Paul McCartney, he's like, you remember when you were in the Beatles and then he yeah. asked the question. Remember yeah, Abbey road. Yeah. And then he's done with the question and then, and they, he gets the answer and then, he's just like, oh, stupid idiot. What? The yeah.
1: You know, he exactly. beats himself
0: up. And that's exactly what yeah. we're talking about with the punctuation. Yeah.
1: That's my nightmare for podcasts. Like when I, cause I'm just learning how to interview people. So my, like, that's what I feel like sometimes in my head. I'm like, do you remember when you wrote that cool book about that thing and the author's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. And I'm like this feels exactly like Chris Farley. So I had I, I think about that all the time. It's so funny you reference that. Yeah, it's funny. I actually just
0: just watched that a couple of days ago on purpose. I was like, I got to show this to my daughter
1: and she mm. Oh, it's classic.
0: I thought it was great. It's classic. We've been going through lots of classic stuff. So Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, I you know, I, I don't have anything else to say here other than I think this is probably my one of my top favorite books of yours it might be my favorite oh, thanks. it might be my favorite i think because it's my it's favorite so new it's hard to yeah. tell and you know you live with the other ones so long but like yeah. i think this one is really in a lot of ways the one that hits me the hardest and in in a good way not in like beat you up way but in a like oh my gosh this the the power of this one for me particularly like is amazing. oh that's awesome so, dude yeah I,
1: it's yeah. my favorite um You know, I don't, I think you're always think the new one is your favorite and then you're right. You sit with it and you go, okay, like, which is the one I keep going back to, which is the one that I hear stories. But I will say this about this one. I think it's the fastest get, like I've had people the day it came out, go, oh my gosh, I just realized a broken soundtrack I've been listening to. I had somebody the other day, a guy in my neighborhood who read the book, which is so kind. A lot of times your friends don't read your books. They're like, ah, it's your job. Like in the same way, I don't go to your office, you know? And he was like, I feel like a, tw- a weight of 25 years has been lifted off my shoulders. And like, I haven't had that experience in that same way with other books. Like today, somebody um, shared online that their soundtrack was, I hate to fly. I hate to fly. I hate to fly. And they said, I think that's broken. And they were sitting on a plane and they took a picture of the book on the plane. they were like, what if I actually don't? But I've just been telling myself that broken soundtrack. And what if, and like that to me is wild, dude, that somebody on a plane is going, hold up. I've created this narrative that I hate to fly, but what if it's not true? And if I find out it's not true, what is true? And then where does that take me? Like they might see the world just because they changed the broken soundtrack. That is, I've had a lot of those experiences. So I feel super grateful.
0: That's me. I I hate to fly, but of course here I am perpetuating that. And maybe that's just because that's how it's, you know, unraveled for me. And I've even created a self-fulfilling Dude, I had
1: one with like, I'm afraid of roller coasters. Like for, for like 35 years, I was like, I'm afraid of roller coasters. And then one night, um, at Six Flags, like two years ago, we were all there. And the only option I had, if I didn't ride roller coasters was to hang out with somebody else's seven-year-old, like the other family's seven-year-old who couldn't fit on them. I was like, that seems like a super long night. Like just me and her like, Oh, what about cats? Huh? And I was like, screw it. I'm going to ride on this roller coaster. And it was empty. The park was empty that night. And I didn't have to wait in line. So I didn't have room to overthink it. So I got right on and I rode like 30 roller coasters that night. And I was like, boom, over, it's over. I ride roller coasters done 30 years done. Like change that soundtrack. And so like, yeah, that's the, again, like that's where I think if people read the book, they're going to be like, Oh, wait a second. There's a whole world out there. And like one of the soundtracks I tell people is no, um, the only one standing in the way standing in my way is me. And I quit doing that yesterday. Like I'm the only one and I quit doing that yesterday. So what, what would you do if you weren't standing in your own way? Like, that's a fun question.
0: I I have a mental picture of, uh, Bill Murray from what about Bob strapped to the sailboat. He's like, Uh, I'm sailing. I'm sailing. I sail now. I sail now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I was like on the roller coaster. That's what I was like a (laughs) hundred percent.
0: Well, if somebody here that's listening to this and obviously they're listening because they're more of an auditory person, maybe they believe they can't read or they don't read. Well, Good news, you have an audiobook version. And so. I read it and, and then there's bonus
1: chapters and it's super fun. So yeah, the audiobook is a blast. Yeah, just go check out the audiobook.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the book is called Soundtracks and it's the surprising solution to overthinking. This has so much evergreen potential that uh, and it's out there now, so I'll link up to it in the show notes, all that good kind of Thanks, stuff. Dude. You can just check it out. But uh John, as usual, always great talking and yeah. uh Oh, we'll see I'll, you next book always book number open, eight yes always open invitation so
1: fantastic dude well thanks for having me on again eric
0: well, that's another podcast episode, crossed off your podcast, listening to do list. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with John A. Cuff. I know that I enjoy talking with John every chance I get, and I highly encourage you to check out his podcast. I will link that up in the show notes, which you will find at to-do list.com. Make sure to grab this book. Again, I recently, late last year, came up with my top five productivity books. This is definitely in the top ten. Not sure yet if this maybe would inch into the top five, but I suspect it might. I highly recommend it. This is definitely John's best work or some of his best work again it might be my favorite book of his so I will also link that up in the show notes and if you enjoyed this conversation I'd love for you to do me the favor of sharing it with somebody that you know needs to hear it hit that share button in your podcast player app of choice where you're listening to this right now or again hit share over on the show notes page and help me and somebody else out at the same time thank you so much for sharing thanks for listening and I'll see you next episode